Nice. Awesome. Well, uh, we have our fourth episode here of season one <laughs> of the Flag Home podcast with Allison Rucker, loan officer extraordinaire at Wallach & Volk Mortgage here on the team. And uh, how are you doing today, Allison? Good. I feel like I'm in the Wild West with your opening music. It's uh, Today it, was the Wild West. It was a little bit Wild West. So let's talk about it. Like, it's a good day. Like We, we roll with some punches. Um, but th- did you do your research on when we've seen this good of a rate improvement? I was looking back through charts, and I think the charts I was looking at were kind of skewed because... Oh, between April and May of this year, it looked like we had some pretty good jumps, yeah, both yeah, to the yeah. bad and to the good. Yeah. But I haven't seen one like this in a while. It was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for those of you just joining us, this is where, we, you know, I was uh, trying to, you know, between all the busyness in our lives, I wanted to get a podcast out there this week. And when we saw what was happening in the market today, I felt it's so important to let people know what's happening. Um, so the context, and I like to get technical to help people understand the technical, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. so hopefully I don't lose people <laughs> here, is like when we watch the mortgage-backed security market, and and that's, speaking of the Wild West, you know, that's been very Wild West <laughs> recently. And basically, in the sense of there's no longer federal subsidy. You know, if we look back and see the flat line, that the market is just perfectly flat, and markets don't do perfectly flat no. um, unless there's federal you know, manipulation. To keep it and, smooth. Yeah. And so of 2020, 2021, there's just this perfectly flat, 70-year low interest rates. And then we just see all this volatility in market. And people need to understand that that's because we're, not only is the Fed spending gone, which was billions of dollars a day at certain points in 2020 and 2021. Um, and now we're open to the Wild West of open market. And the open market is not super excited <laughs> about that. Right. But even if you go back before 2020, we didn't have the wild swings. Yeah. You know, it'd be up a little bit, down a little bit, but it wasn't crazy. Yeah. And then once the feds disappeared come January, that's when it went wild. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening here, when we see um, the things that we're watching on the back end, right? You, you, the, the end consumer sees a quote of here's a rate and here's my associated cost with that rate. Whereas when we're watching that, we're seeing the market go up and down during the day. Usually, normally, is like, hey, it's going down within t- like five to ten basis points is normal. If we see it go, I'm going to say maybe twenty-ish basis points up or down. We anticipate that rates could be moving a stronger trend and, and actually moving the rate right because the market can move that much or the mortgage-backed securities can move that much without rates actually really moving. Um, but then if we're seeing 20, 30 basis points, that's when we start to think, hey, rates are going to move tomorrow, or if it moves past that, like to 50 basis points, rates could be moving today. Exactly. And we started to see, and that's the fun life we've been <laughs> in, as everyone, you know, they see, you know, slowly in their their rate shopping or whatever, or, or house shopping, and then they see rates have gotten worse a quarter this month or so. And, you and, and, it, I, and it, lately it hasn't even been over the month. It's been from day to day. Yeah. So you can a, wake yeah. up one morning and... Or you go to bed one night and you're thinking, oh, I'm getting locked in at this rate of six and a half. And then the next morning we look and it's like, oh, crud, here we go. Now you're looking at six six and three quarters. And it changes. It's been changing that fast. So we've been seeing like 50 to 100 basis point drops. 
like in a single day and it's like lock alerts and you like drop everything, call everyone. And, and like, is that contract coming in? And it's been highly stressful. Have you, have you coped with that? (laughs) There's been days that I go home crying and it's like, Oh, I can't do this anymore. This is terrible. And yeah, but everybody keeps saying just, it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. There's going to come that time and it's, it's going to be okay. And Today. T- today. today. But, but I feel it's important. Like, I feel a couple of th- things that I wanted to talk to you about and how you're phrasing this and what your thoughts are here. Because, yes, it's, it's – and the way I like to put it, so I, I sent a message out to some of my partners, and, and I was like, this is the beginning of the end, right? And of so it's beginning. just the beginning. Well, <laughs> of the beginning, yeah. So I had some added pieces on there. But, but they're saying that, you know, rates aren't going to be hop, skip, and a jump better. There could be lots of volatility. They mm-hmm. could get mm-hmm. – Still worse, um, but what you know, we saw what we saw because inflation CPI showed a lower number, and that's what we've been waiting for. And yes. you know, that's what the Fed has been doing, and everything has been to combat inflation. Yep. Um, and we saw that dip today, which is just a big sign of like, okay, we can do this. Yes, but we haven't done it. It's gonna get better. Have Have we seen the bottom? I don't know. Hopefully, the bottom but of the bottom of or the top of, I guess, of interest rates going up for us. Yeah, I, I um, would think, so your guess is we may, you're, so, you're hoping we have. So I don't think we have. I don't think we have, but I think we're starting to see the top of the mountain now. Yeah. Um, just all the indicators from the CPI coming out, inflation not being as strong as they were predicting it to be, which is the first time it hasn't been as strong yeah. in the past, in the past couple of months, it's been worse than they expected. Yep. Um, so things are starting to look better. We're getting little glimpses of good news. Um, yes, we're still seeing a rise of in- inflation. It's just not going as quickly as it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, well, and then is the year, year, year over year numbers report. So inflation is still mm-hmm. high, but that we're seeing that improve. But I think one thing that though I feel is important to talk about though, is that where this then heads, because there's so many different, there's so many different pieces to this puzzle. Right. And I was even on the line with the client um, earlier this week and they're like, okay, so, you know, we talked about inflation and its impact on interest rates. We talked about the housing market and the fact that we have a larger household need than we've seen in 50 years just because of birth rates, mm-hmm. right? There's a large population out there forming households, renting houses, buying houses, and we know that inventory is still historically low. To put it in context that when we when Flagstaff, it, when a measure of um, months of inventory on market, um, Flagstaff during the bubble burst was at 13 months of inventory, Whereas normal is seen as like six, which is like an equal buyer seller. Mm-hmm. Right now we're like at three still. Yeah. And so, so, you know, so we talk all these different pieces and then my client goes like, what about the student loan forgiveness? What's that going to do to the market and everything? And I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> I don't know. And like, that could be, you know, that's going to be trillions of dollars right. of then does that cook inflation back up a little bit because there's more money circulating and we're trying to less money circulating because all those students are going to buy yeah. or the, no, students, people, everyone's student loan <laughs> debt that we're students had now are going to buy houses <laughs> well and that's one of the unknowns and when all of the um the pandemic aid went out most people didn't realize that it was going to lead to this inflation 
So that's a great question. Is the student loan forgiveness going to do the same thing? Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't know many people who have less than $10,000 of student loan debt. No. It'll help. It'll help. It'll help. But it's not going to get rid of it. No. So it's, that's, yeah, so there, that factor. And then I think the biggest thing is, I want to, I keep saying the biggest thing. There's so many big things here. But I guess to explore what your thoughts are, what normal is. Because as you and I are talking, mm-hmm. as we know, you know, everyone's so freaked out about 7% interest rate. But the last 40 years, that is the average, 7.125%. Yes. And so it's just that once we, you know, once we hit that bubble burst in 2008, and then this tons of subsidies entered the mortgage-backed security market, we've had a financially engineered interest rate market over the last um, decade plus. Right. So we don't know normal on interest rates. And so that's where it's like, where, what's, what's normal? What's, what's the next five, even 12 to 12 to 24 months hold for that? What does that do to prices? Uh, what are some of your thoughts there? Just balancing Two. those shorter term things of like, you know, uh, seasonality and student loan forgiveness and some of these short term things, but also some of these bigger things that are happening, like that subsidies that we have over, I, I oh, let's see, what is it here? I have my little charts and graphs here. We're not tech savvy enough to share them online just yet. But I think we're upwards of like $2.6 trillion of mortgage-backed security debt right now. That's just sitting on the balance sheet. And there, that has that to run off. That didn't exist in 2007. It has to run off at some point in time. They tr- started to run off in 2018. So we did see rates start to climb a little bit in 18. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we just double it instead. We, uh, yeah, we're not going to see... Rates in the twos and threes. Yeah. Again, may maybe high threes. I. Yeah, <clears throat> I think what I think though too is I think that's abnormal. I'd agree with oh, you on it's that's, abnormal, and that's not healthy. And it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. No. But the other thing I think about too, and this is completely anecdotal, is that rates were too low for too long. Mm-hmm. They rose too high too fast. And so that's where I think there's going to be an amateur night window where the Fed is maybe pushing too hard and they talk about the soft landing where they don't do it quite right to where then they're like, oh, shoot. We did too much. We did too much and we need to like pull back a little Uh bit. We're going to maybe subsidize a little bit or do something to the extent of all of a sudden like rates maybe have a very brief season of being lower than they probably should sustainably be. And that's that's where everyone now buying needs to get in. But then hopefully, fingers crossed, a more sustainable price and rate model continues as far as like fours and fives well and we haven't seen par pricing in how many months now and to the general public to the general public alone where there's no origination fee there's no discount points we haven't seen that in six months and why haven't we seen that allison help the general public (laughs) understand this because rates have gone up so fast and and the buyers or the investors in the mortgage-backed securities, they know that if you have a 7% interest rate but rates are projected to go down, you're not going to be in that 7% rate very long. Yeah. So they're going to try and make their money up front before you refinance. So they're charging those origination points to so they can still make a buck. Yep. Um, but after today, I we're getting closer. 
a lot closer. So it, it just was, overnight. It was interesting too because we have both things. Like we were talking about the very first, and I think it's hard. You know, you and I live in this day <laughs> in this. You know, we're using certain terms. That's so where I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, break it down. Maybe, break it and down. Jennifer, Jennifer, our producer, you know, raise your hand if we're not making sense <laughs> to the general public here. Um, but that's where, you know, there's those two things, right? There's what happens in the market mm-hmm. and how that impacts rates and terms. Right. And and sometimes those are, you know, and that's the hardest part is right when I think I understand something. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, laugh, I'll laugh at this too. Is uh, um, I'm thinking, okay, we just had midterms. And I always keep an eye on, you know, what's the market sentiment if a certain party, a lot of times, like, not, like, not to make a political statement here, is that generally speaking, markets like stability. So they really don't like, they, they kind of like things locked up, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't want, oh, there's all one party or the other that's going to have a heyday and change policy and do all these different things that change the rules right. to, the, to the markets. And so, um, so that actually, we really didn't see a lot of impact from, I know there's still, why can't Arizona get their crap together and count votes in a certain period of time? Somebody said we needed somebody from Florida to come and figure it out for us because they've got way more people than we do. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not you know, I trying to be political here, but it's like, why do we have to wait on so many different factors here? But, um, but thinking, okay, did Democrats uh, or Republicans, like, you know, does that have anything to do with this? And it's like, no, inflation changing today has nothing to do with that vote. No. Um, there's so many big things that have been at play. I mean, hopefully this is all like Captain Obvious type comments to most people. Um, but that's where, as we then try and piece together, okay, what actions are going to cue off what reactions? And I guess where I'm leading with this all commentary is with us seeing, okay, um, inflation came in positively and then boom, market takes off and is rallying so strongly and interest rates reacting instantly mm-hmm. to where it's like they really do – like need air, right? Yes. They're sitting in the sauna and we're baking and we just yep. want to open that door. Yep. And that's kind of what happened today, which which I think is, is good. It's, it feels good that the industry and markets and everything just wants to be back to normal, even though, again, it could be a rocky road to get exactly there. And it it is going to be a rocky road. It's not going to be a straight trajectory back to a normal market, but little glimpses yeah. that we're heading back that direction. It, what are your thoughts then? I know you're not a real estate agent. You've been doing how you've been doing this six years, seven years, seven years Almost in seven. January, seven years in January. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and you've been in little, little Flagstaff for quite some time. When did you buy your, f- bought my first house in 1999. Okay. What was the rate then? So I had an owner carry. Oh. I had to get creative. I think we were at like, I think we were at 7%, seven or 8%. Okay. Yeah. There you go. But on a mortgage for $78,000. Yep. So, and that's actually right where I'm going with this is saying, okay. And there's that classic comment of, yeah, sure. Rates are average, but these housing prices certainly are peak. Right. Um, And actually are just off peak. I should say Um, we, we can all say, we all know that housing prices and the peak is uh, behind us, but how far, do they come down? What is normal? What's sustainable? I don't know. What are so your thoughts on going that? back to the amount of houses we have available for sale um, versus people that are coming in. So you said I think we had a three month window or a two month inventory. Month inventory. Yep. Um, so it's small in Flagstaff. 
we're not like the rest of the country. We're not like the rest of Arizona. People want to come here, but we don't have inventory. And it's not like Phoenix, when you go to Phoenix and you can see them building these new communities. Next week, I'll drive down and there's somebody new building down there. We don't have that in Flagstaff. And we need to be able to build. And if we can't build, then either one, the prices are going to go up or we have to start building differently. So as far as prices go, we're going to see them regulate. I don't know if come down's the right term. Yeah. But I, come down to an, to where they should be. Yeah, that's what a I, realistic area. I I'm kind of the correction versus crash club. Yes. And saying, yeah, when and we know that, right? It's it's a people were buying houses like they buy buy cars, which is I've never thought was healthy, right? <laughs> I, and, and sorry anyone if you're in the auto <laughs> business or car sales business, more power to you. Um but, you know, anytime I walk into a car dealership, and I hate doing that, I avoid it. I haven't done that. Let's see. Yeah, I wear a in purse a out time. in a long time. But I last time I did this, I walked in, and they're like, what kind of payment do you want? I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. What is the cost of this car? Right. And, and so they wanted to sell payment. I wanted what is the price because I had an in, I have intention. I don't like to carry car debt, and I right. had the intention of, I, I'm going to aggressively pay this off. So I am interested in knowing how... How much do I need to pay off, right? Um, Not the monthly affordability, Mm -hmm. but people bought affordability. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have 2.5% rates, people were able to reach hundreds of thousands of dollars higher than they could have otherwise, and that debt to them on a monthly basis is fine. Right. So they would overpay, and they did. And it's like, no, we – and, you know, I try and be (laughs) – what's the word here? I try to be understanding of everything and knowing like, okay, I know consumers, the general public, you're going to do an average of eight transactions in your life. So you do really rely on your loan officer, your real estate agent, Mm -hmm. you know, um, all these different services to help you out here. But at the end of the day, when you're signing an appraisal waiver and as is and all these different things, and those are just the circumstances of the market, there is a disclosure that everyone signs here in Arizona calls the buyer advisory. Yeah. The first thing it says is markets are cyclical. <laughs> and it's so I'm, I'm not to be insensitive. Like, you know, to anyone who bought the last 18 months and you feel like you bought really high, I'm sorry you have a 70 year low interest rate. Right. Right. Hopefully you aren't selling anytime soon. You'll be just fine. Mark my words. You're only losing money if you have to sell your house. Yes. If you don't have to sell, it doesn't matter what your house is what your house is worth. Yeah. So And I know we could sound like total like, you know, mortgage or <laughs> real estate industry like fam fanboys and girls right now. We are. We <laughs> so are. like unapologetic. That's, our, that's, that's our who we are. Job. Um but uh <laughs> which actually will lead me to a hilarious analogy <laughs> I was thinking of that's totally random. Um, I think I've been working too hard, so it's it's going to be a fun one, but we'll go off that deep end in a minute. But that being said, so say, okay, rates aren't going to subsidize price anymore. How much does that price soften? Mm-hmm. But, then, but then understanding that demand factor, right? Well, not only that, but the buyers are tired of fighting. Yeah. They're, they're like, I'm not going to play that game anymore. So I've seen my buyers, my borrowers, who they ask, you know, I tell them I'm not the, the expert, that's your realtor, but what should I pay for this house? Well, 
I don't know. What do you think it's worth? And more often than not, they're either one coming in under the list price or two, they're getting some pretty smoking seller credits. Fixing things. Yep. Offering yep. pay closing costs. Yeah. And that's almost like where I just encourage people. And this is just my personality in general is like, I'm not a patient person. It's like <laughs> terrible. You probably know this about me. I'm a very impatient person. Um, it just is not a language I speak. Um, but you know, I like to see it as a strength where in, in reality it can be both a strength and a weakness. But what I like to say is, is what's the opportunity and make your own luck and, and be logical about it. Don't just lowball the lowball. But right now, if you said, okay, Mr. Mrs. Seller, um, I, I see your, your house, your property there. I love it. I like it. You haven't had any offers in 60 days. Right. So you might not be properly priced. Here's my methodology working with my realtor. Mm-hmm. You know, here's where prices were maybe in 2020 sometime or something. I'll give you that. Guess what? You bought it five, 10 years ago. You're walking with six figures. Exactly. You just, the cream off the top never existed because you didn't sell at that time. Yeah. You're still making money. Yeah. And there's just going to be a reality check with that. And, and hey, to all those, you know, to all those sellers that can turn around and they'll turn around and turn their houses into long-term rentals and mid-term rentals, Airbnbs and things. And if you can do that, great. You know, I believe in property rights, make the most (laughs) of your investment in property. But at the same time, if you have life that needs to happen, you want to sell the house, retire, get out of flag, move on. Yeah. Yeah. That move on. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Because the timing to get back to that equity point is probably, I'd say we're we're not talking three years. I, I think we're probably talking more than in the five to ten range. Right. Move on. Well, and I was talking with one of my partners the other day, and I, I, I said, you know, your house is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. So if it's listed at six hundred thousand, but they're only willing to pay five fifty, your house is only worth five fifty. So. Just being more on the seller side, being more real, realistic that your house isn't worth six fifty anymore. Yeah, it's, it's coming down, and it's really and it's okay because it's because you're still making a ton. You're of money. still making a ton of money, and if you don't yeah. sell it now and you sell it ten years from now, you're yeah. still going to make money on it. Yeah. No, and I think right now I think it is more critical than ever that people don't just work with uh, you know real estate agents that you know, are just going to click and put them online and make sure the house is open for open houses or listings that people have real estate professionals that can, that understand the art of a deal Absolutely. and can understand goal priorities. Yeah. I don't know if you watched my podcast with Eric last week, nope. we, we don't use the word goals anymore. We use the word priorities, which I like that better, right? Cause there's all sorts of different things we'd like to accomplish, but what do we really need to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and with a seller understanding their priorities, properly and and saying hey let's bring a deal together let's bring a deal to the table and make this happen i think that that's um again not that i'm trying to be salesy or tell people like buy now but i think there's you know patients will pay mm-hmm. not every seller is going to be realistic mm-hmm. but that you i think you know people that need to make housing happen for themselves and want to make things happen for themselves um should be ready to be swinging and I think that oh, there's going to be absolutely. some amazing opportunities in the next three, six, 12 months. Yes. But I'd be curious to see what happens when all of a sudden, right, we saw, you and I saw this firsthand, like when rates went from, we were talking about this, right? When rates went from like two and a half to three and a half, we're like, oh, shoot. 
this is terrible. <laughs> like, and then three and a half to four. Like, well, I think we almost like skipped to four. Though. And I think we went from like four to five and a half. It was so fast. And then all of a sudden, so then when that acceleration is happening, then everyone's pushing the brakes on things. Mm-hmm. Once we were sitting in the fives to sixes, I feel like when the market really started to put the brakes on and then sevens, it, it feels like we're it feels like we're a standstill, even though the market's not a standstill. There's hundreds of people buying each month um, and selling each month. But uh, what the mentality and the psychology is going to be once we go from you know sevens, eights, mm-hmm. who knows where we might trend to five again? Well, and that's what I was. And how many ask more buyers you. are going to come into the market, right, or start bidding again? Well, it's all a matter of perspective. Yep. So we went to the. Th- twos and threes trying to think through timeline um may 2020 yeah about ish yeah um we were seeing the twos yep and the threes and that was just craziness so for two years 18 months we were seeing twos and threes and that was the normal that's all everybody talked about yeah. twos and threes and you, people would just <laughs> that was that was yeah. just what it was oh yeah. you don't have a two well yeah exactly. you need to refinance and then <laughs> that was normal so then as things started to go up and people were like oh rates are awful rates are terrible and we're looking at fives and yeah compared to a two a five isn't good but then we kind of sat at five for a minute and yeah, for like almost two months. Fives were okay. Yeah. They kind of got comfortable. We got used to wearing them. Yeah. And then we jumped up to seven and we're like, oh, those fives really looked good. So it's all a matter of perspective. And we just get used to what we're hearing, what we're what we're seeing. Um, so, yeah, fives right now look good. If we go up eight nines, still, I don't know, seven will look so good, but... Yeah. It's just our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's where, well, in, as part of that CPI report today, mm-hmm. that shelter in and of itself did not No, it reduce. increased. It actually increased. Yep. All other metrics that pay, play into the core and headline CPI improved enough to where the overall number improved. But that's what's interesting is seeing, okay, there's enough people buying still that we really haven't hit the brakes super hard. Yeah. At least nationally and as these statistics, I know as the real estate community, anyone listening to this is probably saying like, um, I have a listing right now and it's, I've had no calls for two weeks on yep. it. And that, that is, so it's a lag in how that report is, is really hitting a shelter. Um, but, but that's, what's hard is to say, all right, how, how much further, how much longer and how much, and that putting back how into price or talking mm-hmm. about how much more is prices going to fall before buyers come back into this market yep. and then with and, and then playing specifically into Flagstaff again, not that we're trying to be sugarcoated, but to understand that the, the restricted inventory and the multiple demographics that want to be here mm-hmm. create a problem, right? Yes. It, it's great for sellers, not so great for buyers, <laughs> yep. right? That you're competing with the investors that want to have this ski chalet Airbnb yep. with the, you know, the rental market and, um, even just like little things and little policies that our local community makes as far as, um, you know, hospital moving to a larger travel nurse mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. model 
And all of a sudden, I know there's plenty of people that are like, boom, I'm in the travel nurse renting business. And there's a whole website for that. I had no idea. Oh, there is? Yeah. Is it local or is it national? No, it's national. Oh, wow. Just for rentals? Just for like nurse Airbnbs. Fully furnished Airbnbs. It is, yeah. So that all of a sudden is a new thing that's impacting our economy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, all those folks that are just tired of living out. I'm biased against Phoenix and I that just after you live in Flagstaff for a certain period of time it's like you guys just live on top of each other down there yeah. in the sandbox um but you know they want to have their second homes that area continues to grow mm-hmm. um that big chip plant they're building mm-hmm. everything they're doing it's just like okay more people need are going to have we are their winter playground we're their summer playground their summer escape and yep. so yeah we're not really painting a really rosy picture here, are we, <laughs> no. Allison? Uh, but it's just a reality, but I think, of understanding what you're competing against. Yes, and I think what I saw, and I'm still seeing a little bit of it, in 2020, 2021, a lot of those people who did buy those houses up here for the Airbnbs, for their getaways, um, they don't want to do that anymore. They want to go on real vacations now. Okay. So I've seen a handful of people that I helped who've actually sold. And okay. hopefully, I don't know for sure, but hopefully those homes went back out on market to people who want to live here. Because yeah. that's tough. I've got a lot of borrowers that want to live in Flagstaff, and they could. They just don't qualify for Flagstaff. And I, Yeah, and I think... That's I have several that I've spoken to where it's really about the stars aligning. And yep. I think they will. I really am optimistic yep. and just saying, okay, yes, we need to see the rate maybe a point and a half lower mm-hmm. and you're going to get this raise next year and a couple of things are going to come into play where that house can happen realistically. Yep. We're all going to have to, you know, be tight on this picture. And we have to stay in contact with them and they have to stay in contact with us and make sure we've got all of our ducks in a row. So when it does come available they're ready to rock and roll yeah so i think it's really about uh yeah forming the dream team right form your dream team now because it's gonna be yeah i I hope it doesn't get as crazy as it was last two years it was really not fun um you know people just having yeah it was it was too crazy um as much as i love real estate that was like way (laughs) too much love for real estate where people are yeah i I think i I don't know if i've told the story on this podcast uh just yet (laughs) Um, in the last four episodes, but, uh, yeah, like last February where I was issuing seven pre-qualification letters for seven different buyers spoke to a total of 12 on that same, on a same same property, property. Mm -hmm. um, five of which decided to bow out and not offer, but seven decided to write. And of course we don't communicate, you know, we just ethically just say, Hey, what do you want to offer? Here's your letter. Knowing that the first person I talked to (laughs) offered the highest, I'm talking to six other people that are not going to swing as hard and seeing that 29 total offers went in Mm -hmm. house goes, you know, pretty beat up 1200 square foot two bedroom uh, townhome with like a total tear out yard went for like a hundred thousand dollars over ask cash yeah. like, that's just stupid that's, that's just dumb and yeah. you gotta let stupid be stupid so well allison i think we've been this is uh almost what, 30 minutes going on 30 minutes i think probably people are 
<laughs> had enough of us like nerding out, but do you have any kind of closing words for the real estate professional or for the buyer here in Flagstaff? Um, I just leave them with what Barry told us this morning. So we listen to Barry Habib. I listen to Barry Habib. Yep, yep. I know you do every morning. Yep. Um, he just said, stay positive. Yep. It's, it's starting to look up. It's going to get better. Things are, things are going in the right direction. I love it. Thank okay. you so much, Allison. Bye, Chris.